Welcome to another in a series of mind-body healing tapes from Prevention Magazine. What you're about to hear is a simple way to strengthen your heart and whittle your waistline. We're talking about a tonic to make you feel younger and more zestful, while it adds years to your life. It's all done by putting one foot in front of the other and walking briskly on a regular basis. We'll tell you how a regular walking program fights flab and heart disease, plus other ills like arthritis, high blood pressure, diabetes, even depression. You'll learn how walking melts those extra pounds away permanently, even while you're resting, and how it calms you down and clears your head. Feeling jumpy and nervous? Go for a walk. It'll trigger your body's natural tranquilizers and give your brain power a boost. But first, you've got to prepare and get ready for a lifetime of walking benefits. Once you've got the all-important attitude... Okay, I'll do it. I'll start walking. We'll teach you the essentials. What kind of shoes to wear and how to pace yourself so that you can become the most effective walker possible. We'll also give you lots of mental encouragement. So you'll keep at it regardless of the weather or what your schedule is. You're listening to Full Moon Radio Hour on EFF.FM. And I thought, it's exactly what the great spiritual master said it was. One true act of grace, one mustard seed, beats a mountain any day of the week. I was so astounded that I, I, it took my breath away. And, I, and so I, I quickly ran to all the scriptures, every one of them, you know, east, west, up, down, left, right. And I thought I would weave them in between the, 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 these letters that became invisible acts of power. And in the midst of all of that, I realized I am so loving, being in the, just flooding my soul again, with, and I paused, and I thought, uh-oh, I had gone deep into a retreat. And then I, in that instant that I realized that, what I actually realized was I'd become animated. That place, I, I didn't know where it was, I suddenly, without knowledge, without any conscious, I thought, 
I am, I am in the presence of the sacred. Yeah. I suddenly knew it. And in that instant, I had a grand mal seizure. Wow. I went out cold in my office. And when I came to, I had been filled with such a fire that I knew I'd been rewired. Mm. I knew it. I knew something had penetrated. Something had gone into me and burned its way through me. And seizures were always known as the mystic's disorder. Mm. And I thought, you came so close, you burned your way through me. I didn't know what would happen, and I didn't know if I would have to remain. I, I had no idea what was facing me. Mm -hmm. Or if, in fact, it would continue. Would I have yeah. to get off the road? I had no idea. I was so frightened. And I finally I said, y it was you. I know it was you but I don't know where to from here. Mm. A few months later, I was teaching. And I was teaching my workshop at my, at my institute. And I was teaching on uh, mysticism. And I was just going to teach that day on uh, the Christian mystics, the great Catholic mystics. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I sat there on this day, I grabbed the book of... Uh, I was going to start with John of the Cross... But I grabbed The Interior Castle by Teresa of Avila instead. And I thought, oh, well, it doesn't make any difference, actually. And I sat in this chair, and I said in front of my students, Teresa of Avila is a 16th century Catholic Spanish mystic. She's the greatest mystic in the Catholic Church as a woman. And as I'm talking about her, I felt an orbit of grace come around me. But I actually thought for a moment I was going to have a second seizure because the fire started. And I, I, I grabbed my chair, actually, and I thought, oh, my God, don't, don't do this to me. And then I heard her, and she said, follow me, daughter. And I grabbed my chair, and I knew it was her. I knew it was her. Every Catholic instinct in me knew it. Every single part of me knew it. And then I said to myself, don't let anyone see that we, you and I, have never met before. And I will go with you. And every one of my students saw. Everyone in my audience saw. Wow. And I, um, I held that book of hers as tightly as a rat on a sinking ship. And I closed my eyes, and I taught in that position. I, I, I entered her castle, which was her metaphor for the soul. Wow. And um, I went into a prayer and I said, you know, this better be real. You know, I was, I, I never had doubt. Mm. So, now you, you, what, what happened you was had deleted your book. and Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You and see, then... if you need to do something. Mm -hmm. And now I understand it in every single way, whether it's heal, mm -hmm. whether when heaven comes to you, mm -hmm. if your yes is not unconditional, then in the words of my te dear Teresa, mm -hmm. go back in the kitchen and peel potatoes because you're not ready for God mm. at that level. Okay. It's either all yes or it's all no. Yes.
I would like have some sort of experience that would lead me to ultimately believing in a higher power, which is scary to me. I mean, I think that that's something that sounds nice and something that I'm open to like anything else, but I also don't necessarily want that. I think that would equal dramatic life changes. <laughs> and I also don't... That would equal dramatic life changes, but again, not necessarily for the, the worse, I don't think. So, but it's still scary to me. Yeah. Also, I've lived for 38 years, so it'd be kind of weird to be like, oh, I've been wrong a lot forever. I felt very connected to, like, sadness and loss. And like understanding the importance and the immediacy of now, that kind of stuff. All that was very there, which was it did directly connected to a higher power? I'm not sure. Um, I did feel very connected to, you know, one of my favorite people, my grandfather, who was about to pass and whom I probably would not see, did not see again before he left, so. But I don't know that I would say that I felt like there was a higher power. Yeah. You do feel connected to the people that may be strangers that are there with you because it's very much like you're supporting people through their own personal struggle as you're watching and you don't really, everybody really is doing their own thing and you're just trying to um, literally get through your struggle, sort of. Just like life. Yeah, except it felt like exaggerated times a hundred. But yeah, I think it's definitely the quote-unquote medicine is supposed to probably help you deal with these things so that when you're dealing with them in life, they don't seem as dark or terrible, I guess. Same thing that church offers too, though. They're like, if you do these rituals, your problems won't seem as bad, or like it will help you through it. You know, I feel like a lot of things that people are seeking, it's all it's also similar across the board. What they're seeking for, or mm-hmm. uh, what like different spiritualities provide, or like purport to provide. Yeah. It does. I definitely felt like ayahuasca was like making you cross over to the other side a little bit. Like a mini death. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and look, this is it. How see, you know, sit with this for a while. How's that going? And that is supposed to then give you some sort of peace of mind when you come back, which I don't think religion ever really mostly ever does. I mean, I guess, I guess it does in that. I don't know, I've been so removed from it for so long, but yeah, you're probably, the whole concept is yes, in your brain, right? You're sitting there thinking about your, the, your life after and how all your actions now should equate to you having some sort of better life after, perhaps. Definitely ayahuasca is more real talk, kind of, in that way then, because it's just like, and this is what it might look like, yes, so like, deal with your now and appreciate your now. I feel like that was the message there. Is that what I 
As I've said to you, I've been entertaining, like, going to church and for the first time voluntarily in, I don't know, fuck, 20-some years. Because I feel like adrift anyway in my life a little bit here, and I miss community, and I don't like our world. It's very easy at this point in time specifically to be very frustrated with my country, and... I don't know, the idea of coming together and finding some sort of church that's remarkably tolerant and open-minded seems like a possible thing, which is just weird. Just weird. Even the idea of if I were to share that with my mom, I cannot tell you how happy it would make her. Akin to me finding a life partner. It's almost as good as like me not dying alone, sort of, yeah. She'd be thrilled because I, was open to the prospect of, like, you know, that there's a higher power that would make her very happy. But now I wouldn't, obviously, that would not be a motivation for doing it. Or it wouldn't be my motivation for doing it. It's like a bonus. A nice, a nice byproduct. Yeah. A really nice one. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, I just think it would be nice to have a, to know another group of people that are intent on trying to live their lives in a meaningful way. That mm -hmm. seems nice to me. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Me neither.
Temper, I thought I made it very clear to you that you were to start bothering Grace. Uh, well, sir, I've got some problems. Uh, Look, she's in dreadful shape. I was up to breakfast the other day, and she's she came apart right in front of my eyes, and it's all your fault. I want you to leave her alone. Yes or no? Yes or no? Uh, sir, I can't do that. What's your precinct number? I don't believe that Dr. Willis killed himself. That's ridiculous. A man is found in a locked room with a gun in his hand, papers beside him indicating he needed surgery. What more proof do you need? Oh, the surgery wasn't that serious. Prostate operations are highly successful. As a doctor, he would know that. There was nothing to fear. That's not the explanation. Why did he kill himself? You tell me. Lieutenant, you must be aware of the fact that that men who retire from very active lives very often go into severe depression for no apparent reason whatsoever. I know. I've been there. You didn't shoot yourself, did you? Big difference between being old and unhappy and putting a gun to your head. Has to be a reason. I'll tell you why I... I can't leave Miss Wheeler alone. I have very good reason to believe that Miss Wheeler killed her husband. If you think I'm going to stand here and listen to that, I'll get a lawyer, I'll get a battery of lawyers, and the least that's going to happen will be the end of one very unimportant career. Out! I think I can prove it, sir. Come.
Okay. Um, we will always struggle with that. Uh-huh. And we will always struggle with our capacity to create chaos mm -hmm. in our lives. Yes. Because chaos is what we do when we come too close to the truth or when someone else is approaching us with truth. Because truth causes change. That's absolutely right. So we, that first mansion, there are a lot of reptiles. There's reptiles in the second, and yet in the second mansion, you're also directed to begin illumination. Wow. Which is to work with your gifts to illuminate, to use light and grace. Mm also with others. So she talks about the need for soul mm. companions, that you don't go deeply in your soul alone. Mm. It's not to go, it's not territory, you, you go by yourself. Wow. When you get to the third mansion, it's a real struggle because the most um, serious obstacle for the Western person is our absolute adoration of reason. We need reasons for everything, as you said. Mm -hmm. We even think God is a reasoning being. Yeah. There must be a reason for everything, after all. That's true. There's got to be a reason. After all, we must have a reason. Isn't there a reason? After all. Mm -hmm. Well, what if there isn't? Mm -hmm. My neighbor said I couldn't live with that. Well, oh well, because we want this to be a just, orderly, fair world. At the end of the line, we want to figure out a way to bargain with God. And if our good behavior doesn't buy us time off, what will? Right. Right. Candles, talisman, metals, beads, this nonsense people wear, all their trinkets that they think they'll protect them from. But don't say the word demons. Not well, in the new age. Well, what is your view on demons? Of course they exist. You, you can't have angels. Well, what do you think people wear all this protective nonsense for? Hmm. Ask them. Although we've banned the word demons and devils because it's so negative. But the fact is you can't have angels. They love the angels and sunshine, meditation, karma, and all this nonsense. But you cannot have the angelic kingdom and not the demonic. Well, I've always felt that they were separate of, of a whole, that they were... Um, if you split something in half, and um, that's interesting, <laughs> if you split a hole in half, you're going to, I said for every saint you create, you're creating a demon. Every demon you create, you're creating a saint, and that they are fractured holes somehow. Um, what? They are a fractured hole. I think that's a, not a good equation. Um, well, if, how, how do you feel that would end demons then? What, what do what would be the, uh, do you feel it's possible? No, demons exist. And you feel that there's no way to... Evil exists. And that there's no way to ever in any kind of uh, level of spirituality get to a place where they don't? I don't know what the huge cosmic design is. I don't think that that's in our capacity to even consider that. Hmm. to be perfectly honest with you, okay. any more than we can figure out what to do with angels. It's out of our rank hmm. and file. We can't figure out how to work plumbing. Hmm. Don't you think we should just sort of, we can't figure out how to get along. We can't figure out how to like our neighbors. We can't even figure out how to forgive our mommy. So let's leave demons alone. That's way out of our realm. And I can assure you, the demonic, can, can, the demonic community exists. Hmm. Evil is a separate okay. force. Okay. And it very much exists. Very much. Okay. As does possession. Okay. So when you can't you, have angels in that. You can't have the sun and not the moon. Oh, I, I, I agree that when you distill that out, it's What do you think people wear all that stuff for? I don't know. Well, tell, ask them. They'll say yeah. negativity. Yeah, But I know. they won't say the word demon. Yeah. It's been banned in this new age. Hmm. You see, that is arrogance. They think because they can change the vocabulary, hmm. they can change the reality. Hmm. That is very interesting.
And there's even more that walking can do. So much more, in fact, that listing all the benefits of walking may sound like a pitch for a snake oil tonic. That's it. Gather round, friends, while I tell you the wonders of RWP. RWP? Short for regular walking program. What's it do? Do? Why, friends, what doesn't it do? RWP strengthens the heart, fires the blood, and keeps you lean and frisky as a newborn colt. Can it help my wife's headaches? RWP can ease headache pain, yes, sir. Plus, it stops the progression of varicose veins. It relieves bronchitis and helps the muscles take up blood sugar. Is that good? Good. That, sir, can prevent the onset of diabetes. What's more, RWP helps you say adios to high blood pressure and howdy to better bones. Better bones, you say? Regular walking man can make your bones thicker and stronger, so they'll fight off degeneration and pain. Well, shoot, I'm going to take a walk right now. Well, we may have dramatized there a bit, but everything said about a regular walking program is true. And it also does wonders for your mind. When you're striding along with your arms swinging and ah, the fresh air swirling about, it's hard to be depressed. The reason, science says, is that walking promotes the flow of endorphins, your body's natural mood brighteners. Best of all, walking can help you feel better longer. Research shows that every hour of regular and moderate exercise adds a couple of more hours to your life. The key word, though, is regular. That's why walking is so ideal. Under normal conditions, it can be done anytime, anywhere, by anyone, at any fitness level. Plus, it's all gain and no strain. Plan to make it a lifetime activity. But begin that plan slowly, in stages. The first step is to make a mental commitment. Say to yourself, I am a walker. And mean it.
Ordinarily, Dr. Willis takes one sleeping pill before going to bed. Each capsule contains five milligrams of phenobarbital. The autopsy reveals that he had twice that much in him. So what does that prove? It's not enough to kill him? No, sir, it wasn't enough to kill him. But it is enough to put him into a very deep sleep. Deep enough so that someone could put a gun in his hand without waking him and then pull the trigger. But we're not talking about someone. We're talking about Grace. There were only three people now. The maid, the butler, and Miss Wilson. So it had to be suicide. The door was locked and bolted from the inside. No one could get out. I got out. I jumped from the balcony to the branch of the tree and then to the ground. It's not easy. But I did it. And she's a dancer. And in very good condition. She could do that. But why? Why would Grace want to kill Henry? For her career. To get the money to finance her career. But he offered to give her the money. Dr. Willis would never have done that. How the hell would you know? Let me tell you something, Lieutenant, about being a... a star, which Grace was. It's a crazy, ecstatic, explosive blow to the ego. Very few people are lucky enough to be able to handle it. And unfortunately, Grace wasn't one of those. She's overly ambitious, I know that. But murder? By someone I, I've known and loved for years, I can't accept that. I won't accept that. I think she did it. She invited me to her house tonight to watch her film. I'm going. If she means anything to you, you ought to be there. Because I think she did it. Eight o'clock. We're quite out. Grrrr. <laughs> 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 